1: To broads and books, the podcast with one unique theme: four handpicked book recommendations and two broads.
0: I'm Erin, and I'm Amy, and this is episode number thirty.
1: It's not me; it's you. That's probably true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the theme this week is all about rejection. Rejection. A part of life, but a big part of publishing. Very as well. big part of publishing. Yeah. So we
1: focused on picks that have rejection stories. Yes. Meaning somebody
0: tried to prevent them. From getting out into the world. And we would be mad. If we didn't have some of these books in our lives. Devastation. Devastation. Absolutely. But first, before we get into that, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you some questions. Aaron, oh, okay. About rejection. Oh, so much rejection in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive in. Erin. Mm-hmm. Have you ever given up on something after maybe some advice or some prodding from someone to give up that thing? Yes. What?
1: When I was in high school, mm-hmm. which this is odd because now I do the books for our business, but I was terrible at math, like painfully bad at math. Like I had to go every day and get help from our Algebra 2 teacher, Mr. Truesdale, who was the one of the best teachers, honestly. He was so kind and patient until he asked me to come into his office one day and I said, okay. And I went in there because I thought I was doing the right thing, right? I'm yeah, going in every day. I'm getting, getting help. I'm yes, doing the thing. Being proactive. And he said, I have a question for you. And I was like, sure. And he's like, do you plan on going to college for any type of math? And I said, you mean like a profession with math? And he, I said, probably not. And he's like, that's what I figured. <laughs> And I would encourage your math journey to stop after Algebra 2 because I was a junior. So, like, the next year I should have taken trigonometry. And he was like, no. Like, clearly I had worn out my welcome. Like, he was done.
0: He, like, couldn't do it anymore. Your math journey. End Your math journey. That's a lovely way of saying it. Yeah. You know? Like, you've had a journey now it's time to yeah. call it
1: i'm pretty sure it's just like you shouldn't don't know
0: <laughs> how can i say this? basically to i
1: found out i'm teaching trig next year and i don't want to see your face <laughs> is what the so it was like a breakup and a rejection and advice to stop and you know what wow. i took it Did i you? said you stop cool i got no problem not taking a math senior <laughs> year am i gonna pass algebra two <laughs>
0: But at the same time, it stuck with you mm-hmm. as a rejection. So even though it was, you took the advice and everything, mm-hmm.
1: I was so a little devastated because sure. I, I, th- I felt like, I guess I, our time meant something more to me than it did to him. <laughs>
0: All this extra time meant nothing to you.
1: Mm-hmm oh yeah I'm apparently sorry. maybe he was just tired of like reteaching the same lesson Probably. that i sat through in
0: class yes. and he's like why aren't you oh. this is getting rough well i think he sounds like a great teacher he was he was really No, he was gonna help you and then at some point he's gonna be listened. Listen. you need
1: to hear some truths not everything's for everyone <laughs> and you know what maybe maybe we've done a disservice by making it seem like it is <laughs> and i have to support that
0: you're right i wish my math teacher had told me that i think yeah. at some point i just realized yeah I'm, um this is not my thing mm-hmm. and yeah i wish i'd heard that earlier because mm-hmm. then i could have felt because there's like almost a, like i have to take this i have to do good right yes and if someone tells you you don't have to ooh, yeah i would have taken that out yeah i took it yeah and i was like all right i see you mr
1: truesdale <laughs> <laughs> and i say mr truesdale good day uh, Yeah, Mr. truesdale speaks the truth yeah Good day, sir.
0: I said good day. <laughs> good day. Yeah. So I quit. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and now you do the books. So you have ended up in a career that yeah. uses mathematics.
1: I have. But not Algebra 2 no, slash trigonometry not no. type mathematics. It's no not engineering level no. Al- mathematics. No. I mean, Excel spreadsheets, they add that shit for you. Absolutely. Calculators, <laughs> glorious, wondrous creatures. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't have to have that fancy one that uses no, those no. the graphing calculators yeah, come no. on you don't <laughs> need that my graph never came out right like, should it be inverted <laughs> no how did you even how that even happen
0: it's not a function of the calculator yeah what what
1: there's no line there's literally no line <laughs> well okay so speaking of other types of
0: rejections yeah have you ever written a dear john letter amy well erin let me tell you something oh I don't actually write a letter. I just ghost that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why? Well, See, I date men and women. Uh-huh. Women can handle this shit because uh-huh. we are used to rejection. Yeah. Men cannot handle rejection very well. Yeah. And there have been times where I have been forthright and then get a semi-stalker in response. Oh. So I just say, I'm going to ghost. I'm going to pretend I'm dead. Let that person think I'm dead. And move uh, on move with life. On.
1: So you've tried to break up with someone and in turn, they decided to be a stalker. Like you yes. tried to say, this is not working because X, Y, Z. And yes. they were like, I see your X, Y, Z and raise you the
0: rest of the alphabet. Indeed. Okay. There was a guy in college that um, we were uh, working at a pizza place. <laughs> Godfather's <laughs> Pizza. <and laughs> How did I never know? I, work to I worked pizza. like 15 jobs in college. Um, and we had a moment. One night of joy and pleasure, oh, and then well. after that, I was done. Yeah, he was not, and oh. I explained why. And then he showed up at my house multiple, my apartment, excuse me, multiple times. Oh. Got weird, got oh. weird. Um, there was a guy in my adulthood in Chicago that, after one nice date, told me he thought I was the one, I was like, I don't think I am. So we're going to need to end this. That did not go over well, and there were names called. See, this you is went what from happens. the one to yes. names. Yes, that's a scary. Names I cannot respond or er, cannot. That, there's a big that's A to B in between. There's huge. That's, that's a that's lot. What I'm of,
1: saying that's you've got risk problems
0: ruining the fragile male ego. Yeah, if well, you are forthright.
1: Okay. Yeah, fair enough. So I
0: ghost on that shit. Ghost. I think it's the way to go.
1: Clearly, <laughs> given your history, I think that's probably the best yes, option. Yes.
0: Yeah. So rejection. Mm-hmm. What's another, besides your math journey coming to an end? Yeah, it was terrifying. What's Terrible. another good rejection story, either yours or someone else's?
1: Okay, uh, another time, and this actually relates to writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when I be, the summer before my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. I went to the University of Iowa, put on like a journalism camp. You did! Mm-hmm. Wow! I
0: remember those. Those yeah. were a big deal.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was super pumped because I got in, and I thought, like, oh, I'm a big deal because I was yes. the editor of our school newspaper. I was year. too, Aaron. See? So much kinship, God, yeah. yeah. So I thought I was awesome. I got in. I was yeah. like feeling real good. I feel like it. Okay, this journalism camp's legit. Like it it's is taught legit. by Iowa professors. Like it's the real deal. I came from a class of fifty-three people, mm-hmm. so a little, you know, little fish. Big Pond now. Yes. Like, yes. Okay. So one of the first days we had to do like a newspaper layout mm-hmm. of like stories. Okay. Yes. And it was like supposed to be a homecoming edition. So they wanted you to say like, like, what would it look like? Try to be creative. Yes. So Aaron's version of creative was like, oh, no. oh I'm going to have like the scores down here with like bullet points and the bullets are going to be like footballs. Like I thought, oh, like that's the height of my creativity at this For time. sure. Okay. Yes. Horrible. Horrible. Horrible one-on-one with the journalism <gasps> professor just ripped it to shreds. What I- he or she? She. Yeah. What'd she do? She was just like, "This is this is very commonplace." Like you didn't think outside of the box oh! at all. Oh, t- I mean, to be fair, all I came up with was football bullets. Like, yeah, but ouch. But you know what? It was some hard truth, and I think I needed yeah, it. It was yeah. awful at the time. I do think I went back to my dorm room and cried a little bit because hmm. I was like, "Wow, I am not prepared for this world." Mm. But she was right. And I never used football bullets the next (laughs) year.
0: (laughs) Have you ever used football bullets since? Never. 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 In all your marketing. I have honored her
1: to the end. It was hard though. And I think what was double hard is that I thought she was like the coolest person I'd ever met because she had taught a couple of the classes. And I know this is going to sound really lame, but do you have to remember that I went to a Catholic high school and I had like 53 people in my class? Yes. But she had a nose ring and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And I was like, she is awesome. Like an adult doing that? What? And then I was like all excited to have this meeting with her. And then she was like, you're kind of terrible. And I was like, I'm devastated. (laughs) (laughs) The coolest person in the world
0: told me. Yeah. Not to use football bullets, which is a good call, but good call, But ouch. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard. So. Did you consider giving yourself a nose ring after that just to ease the pain? And yeah. Make I thought, forward? I mean, yeah.
1: yeah, I kept thinking like, can I pull that off? Yeah. The answer is no, but <laughs> I, at, you know, at the time I was like, I really want to try <laughs> maybe redeem myself from these football bullets. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I know that seems like a small rejection story, but it really stuck with me. Oh, God. Me. No, 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 no.
0: It's not small at all, especially when you're younger and mm-hmm. you're getting writing feedback and you enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. There's a vulnerability there. Yeah. That Absolutely. Was... Even when you're an adult. Yes. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I wasn't, this wasn't college. Like, this was my first experience going somewhere and I didn't know anyone there. Like, I didn't go to that That's camp huge. with anyone. Yeah. So I was rooming with someone I didn't know. It was all other people I didn't know. It That's was harsh. intense. Yeah. yeah. It
0: was really intense. Oof. Mm-hmm. I want to go back in time and give that Aaron a hug. You should. She's yeah. still crying. <laughs> Are
1: you listening to Tori Amos?
0: <laughs> Thinking of the that song. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: you have a better rejection story. Well, you know
0: how I was talking about um, how I reject people. Well, Mm -hmm. fear not. I have been rejected many times Mm. as well. Mm -hmm. And there was one really good one where um, we had dated for like a few months. This was a guy. Imagine that. Okay. And um, I hadn't heard from him from a few days. I'd been kind of thinking this wasn't working out great anyway. So I took that, you know, few days of no response to be like, all right, it's time. So I texted him like, we're done in a nicer way. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I said, we're done. Um, I never heard from him, and for a few days after that, I legit thought he was like in a hospital bed somewhere, and he, I was texting like a, a dead man and telling him that I'd broken up with him, and that like some relative of this guy in the comatose hospital bed was, was like, like, who's this bitch? Or, yeah. yeah, something like that. No, a week later, I saw him pulling out of an intersection. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're alive. Oh, cool. You're not dead. Yeah. simultaneously relieved and annoyed. Yes. But... I did not stop ghosting after that experience. No, it's a wise decision. It's a good decision, I think. I also felt like, okay, well, you know, I was forthright with this guy and he just disappeared. So Mm -hmm. (sighs) that doesn't mean I should do that anymore. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Mm.
1: I like that your rejection stories are like
0: adult relationship stories, and mine are mm. like a math teacher <laughs> and a journalist. Okay, no, 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 no. I have plenty of those as well. I'm just not ready to talk about them. Okay. Still, I'm 42, and I'm not ready yeah. to talk so about. See, it that. was
1: vice versa for me. I have a couple breakup stories. Uh-huh. That I was you like, were not.
0: Mm, you were not ready. Yeah, okay. No, not yeah, ready yeah. to
1: to share those. Beats, <laughs> so. But our picks.
0: Oh, my God. Well, you know, I first thought that we could start by talking about like, you know, we said that rejection is part of a publishing process. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if you if you're not a writer, you're not if you just read, you may not understand like how big of a thing this is. Mm -hmm. I was doing a little research this week. And I think that um, you and I both know we are writers and we know there is just rejection involved in like trying to submit things to magazines Mm -hmm. and then. If you try to submit things to literary agents, tons of rejections. Mm-hmm. And then if you get one of those and you try to submit to the publishing world, just tons of rejections. It's really hard to get pu- to get published because it is so subjective. It's mm-hmm. so arbitrary. There's sometimes things that are in the decision that are not based on quality. Like maybe this yeah. is just, you know, not the good time for it, whatever.
1: A lot of trends that you yes. can be behind or ahead of and that can solely um, decide whether or not a, something gets picked up, which absolutely. is ludicrous. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So really like every, every writer that you see in a bookstore has had at least a couple cases of rejection. It's just part of the process. But even like your megastars can have like some crazy stories like J.K. Rowling. um, Harry Potter was rejected by 15 publishers Mm -hmm. before getting out there. Stephen King. Carrie was his first book. It was rejected by 30 publishers. Mm -hmm. Even James Patterson, the guy that's like everywhere, all over airports. His first uh, novel was rejected by 31 publishers. Um, Even that chicken soup for the soul crap that you see everywhere Uh rejected 144 times before publishing. That may be, you know, Mm -hmm. that may be sound. That's fine. Uh, But, (laughs) (laughs) but seriously, if you, uh, if you're intrigued by this, just do a Google search. Mm -hmm. There are so many cases of especially even classic writers that have gone through this process that have had rejection after rejection after rejection. Some of your favorites have probably gone through this process, Mm -hmm. but the, the novel that I chose It was written by uh, Marlon James, who is pretty well known today. He has won a lot of awards, including the Booker Prize in 2015, um, for a novel called A Brief History of Seven Killings. And he just published a book called Black Leopard, Red Wolf, which has been called An African Game of Thrones, which sounds amazing. I haven't read it yet. Okay. I think that could be very cool. But before he could get there, his first novel was rejected 78 times. 78? 78. And get this, he was so distraught – that he destroyed it, oh, like no. the electric file, the electronic file of it. He destroyed it, and then later, you know, somehow he had second thoughts, and he found a backup copy on a friend's computer, and then that novel got published. So two things there. Kudos to that friend. Hopefully, yeah. he got a good bottle of booze or something right. out of that. Um, but also the the idea of just persisting because then after that it did get published, it won a number of awards. and what was the title of this one? Oh, shoot, I forget the title of the first one because okay. my choice was actually the second oh book that okay, published. okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, okay, but I yeah, like to get to the path of like publishing this first book, which did fairly well, but then the second book, the one that I'm talking about, the book of night women in two thousand and nine, it started winning all sorts of awards and accolades, and then wow. just kept going with every novel that he's mm-hmm. written. Um, so, that book, the one that I'm recommending today, it's set, like I said, it's called The Book of Night Women. It's set in the late 1700s at a plantation in Jamaica. Um, Lilith is born to a slave mother who was raped by her overseer. Mm. As she grows up on the plantation, she meets other half sisters because this overseer is doing this all around the plantation, yeah. having lots of babies. Um, but these all half sisters, they are the night women who have decided it's enough. They're going to revolt, and they want to make Jamaica a free black state. And it's going to be bloody. And this book gets bloody. And Lilith is great because she's no stranger to violence, but she's not really sure about this rebellion, like how it's going to work. Mm -hmm. At the same time, she wants none. She refuses to be a good slave anymore. And so she starts killing as well. Um, This is a really dark book. But it is powerful. And you kind of end up tearing through it. It is uh, remarkable in so many ways. And one of those ways is that the main character speaks in a very distinctive voice. Mm -hmm. A little bit of Jamaican dialect, a little bit of um, probably her, you know, descendants or or excuse me, her ancestors in Africa, bringing over a little bit of uh, their language. Um, You will also have all sorts of creative curse words to use after this. None that I can repeat well, today, yeah, fair enough. Um, a lot having to do with female anatomy. Oh. It's wonderful. So read it, you know, for all of those reasons I listed, but also because you'll add to your vocabulary and it'll be glorious. And this could have almost not made it into the world. See? Yeah. And I mean, if he had stuck with that first feeling, yes. there's a good
1: chance he probably wouldn't have Absolutely. tried again because. And
0: that's... when you take that further, then you think about how many authors have done that, where mm-hmm. they've tried and they've faced all this rejection and they don't keep going, mm-hmm. and, which can make complete sense, you know, mm-hmm. but whew, it's rough. That's It is. It's a rough world out there. It is. What's your fiction pick, Erin?
1: Well, my fiction pick is a book called Kite Runner
0: oh. by
1: Khalid Hosseini. Yes. Um, this was rejected two dozen times before it was picked up. Um, and he he was actually had um a separate career he was a endocrinologist so when he wrote this um and so he had kind of a different I mean, I think there's a little bit different path there and that maybe it wasn't as devastating in the sense that his like all of his hopes and dreams weren't pinned on it. But he said, you know, at some point he was just kind of like, well, I guess this is it like it didn't work. Um, and if you know anything or have heard of this book later after it was picked up, became a huge bestseller, huge. went on, became a movie. Um, he's written subsequent two other books after that, which were both phenomenal, mm-hmm. too. Um, so the book is about Amir, who is the son of a wealthy Kabul merchant. Who is a member of the ruling caste. So they have money, they have power, they're looked uh, upon positively. Um, obviously, there there are certain life advantages that are going to come with being part of that caste. Um, Hassan is his servant, and Amir and Hassan are great friends. I mean, they spend all their time together, even though technically Hassan is the servant to Amir. So he's a member of the impoverished um, part of society, the despised part. He's not respected. They're not really considered citizens. They don't have the same privileges. They don't have the same rights. Um, so th- those two being friends in and of itself was very rare, very unique in that time. Um, and that they could maintain that and that they could actually see something in each other was rare. Um, but this is a- torn apart when Amir decides to abandon his friend, basically because the pressure is too much. He's getting religious pressure, political pressure. It's just easier for him to live his life and not protect this other person. So you see all of that happen. And then the rest of the book takes place when Amir decides to travel back to Afghanistan and try and find this friend and right these wrongs that he feels like he did when he gave up. So you're seeing the second half of their story as well. Um then It's beautifully written. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it is. It's not an easy read. Um It's. Like, Epic is yeah. the haunting word that, yeah, was, it's yeah, haunting, yeah. Haunting, it's just it honestly. I can't imagine this book not being published. Yeah. I tore through it. Anything that he's written since then, I had bought right away and read. Uh-huh. Um, it, he has a beautiful way of writing, and he does a great job of immersing you in that culture, in that country, in the um feelings of that time period. But he also is so good at characters and Mm -hmm. making you feel so distinctly about each of these boys and making making the reader really understand the viewpoint from both. I Mm -hmm. mean, you don't necessarily feel just all all on Hassan's side. and You don't necessarily hate Amir for what he did. I mean, there's a lot of understanding as most stories. There's two sides Mm -hmm. and he does that beautifully. So if you haven't come across it Or maybe you missed it or didn't know anything about it. It is definitely, it's worth a read. And I can't even imagine if it wasn't published, it'd just be a travesty.
0: And isn't it fascinating to think about some of the reasons that these things have been rejected? Yes. Um, Like in that case, who knows, but it could have been, you know, the topic matter. It's very dark. It's Mm -hmm. hard to, you know, read sometimes. Um, It could be the person themselves. You know, we've Mm -hmm. talked about cases in which the authors, because maybe they're a person of color or because they're, you know, something else. Um, the The publishing company is like, no, we don't need this voice right now. Or, you know, yeah, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, it would be interesting to know what some of the reasons some of the famous books got for rejection. Yes. Uh, he didn't specifically go into that, but he said, yeah, that he, I mean, he kept trying. But I think his, not to say he didn't take it personally, because he absolutely did, but I think there was a little bit different of a viewpoint in the sense that he had another career, like I said. But um Still, I mean, twenty-four times. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, seventy-eight times. I mean. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you would just have to be
0: like, "Well, this is clearly, it's yeah, not,
1: it's definitely like not me. <laughs> yes, it's well, definitely me, not them. Yes, that. Yeah. yes."
0: And, and I don't, we've talked a little bit about some of our writing past. Like, I've I've written novels in the past and tried getting them submitted and. After a while, when you get rejected over and over and over, you do start to think it's you. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, well, I don't have the talent. I don't have the whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine every one of these authors felt the same before Mm -hmm. getting there.
1: And it's an (sighs) odd – it's an odd thing in our society. I I was, I, this week when we were prepping, I was trying to think of another industry or another career that has the same kind of barometer. And you don't really, because the reality is, and I'm not taking anything away from agents or editors or publishers, but a lot of times those people themselves aren't specifically writers or they haven't published their own work. They've gotten into that side of the publishing world where they're basically making edits, Mm -hmm. you know? So it would be like, you know, watching your favorite talent shows and those judges haven't done anything. They just really enjoy music, but they haven't written any or they haven't. So it's a weird, there's a weird dynamic there. Mm -hmm. And when you add a business element to it, when you know that. Getting money
0: involved. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, we'd like to pretend that all art is for the sake of art, but the reality Mm -hmm. is, you know, a lot of times. It has to do with money or industry or what's going to, you know, bring in revenue.
0: Yeah. And then that made like we did a, a episode a few weeks ago about small presses. Mm-hmm. And that often has filled the void where yes. like bigger publishers may look at something with the view of making money and maybe don't see that thing making money. And so then some of these authors go to smaller presses where they feel, you know, like recognized. Yes. And, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And that actually leads me to my other genre pick. Um, It is Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. This is a short story collection from 2017. And first, let me tell you about the success of this. This has had many, many printings, a shit ton of awards. It's being adapted into an anthology TV series, which has been billed as a sort of feminist black mirror, which I am all over. Yeah. Sounds amazing. But first, this was rejected by about 30 publishers. Wow. Yeah. 30. 30. Before it finally, Gray Wolf accepted it. And then it became this huge thing, this like juggernaut. So it just goes to show like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, This collection, it has stories that are fantasy, uh, magical realism, apocalyptic, funny, sad, dark, light, just all over the place. There's a story about a wife that won't remove a green ribbon from her neck. So her husband, as lovely as he is, he can't let it go. There's a story, this is my favorite, that lists every sexual partner of the narrator and in the process charts the development of a world-ending plague. Like the way that she brings those two things together is absolutely incredible and it's an amazing story. There's a story about a woman that undergoes a weight loss surgery and then that sort of soft shapely part of her that's cut out becomes like a ghost in her house. There's a story about girls disappearing into the seams of clothes. And there's a story that pretends to be an episode summary of Law & Order SVU and quickly goes off the rails into just utter crazy town. So she is an amazing writer. She creates these entire worlds in just pages. Uh, she writes about queer women, about Latinx women, about so many other women. And it's something that's stuck with me since I've read it. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. And it's, it's astonishing to me, but also kind of makes sense that this was rejected. For so long before it finally found a home. And I'm so glad it did. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, me too.
0: And way to go, Grey Wolf. (sighs)
1: Killing it. Killing it. So smart. Yeah. I love it.
0: Hmm. I honestly, I have to
1: admit that I haven't read that. It's on, I have a copy of Mm -hmm. it and it's been on my list forever. So I really need to move that to the top because you've talked about it quite a few times too. It's one of those, like,
0: I think I remember in our first episode talking about Friday Black Mm -hmm. and how those stories often use like science fiction or fantasy or something to comment on society in these amazing ways. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't shake that book still haven't been able to this is on the same level. Like I just loved it so much. Oh,
1: that's a good thing to draw for readers. Like if you liked if you read Black Friday or Friday Black after Amy recommended it this, this is a one, good definitely one
0: awesome yeah, absolutely
1: well all right my um second pick for this i decided to go a little bit different direction i wanted to point out that sometimes even when you have a first novel or you are somewhat popular you can get rejected on your second novel or your third novel. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean once you get one, you're in. Yep. So, um, I picked a short story collection called American housewife by Helen Ellis. Uh And she wrote her first novel in 1998 called eating the Cheshire cat earned pretty good reviews, pretty solid sales. Um, but when she went on to write the second book proved to be a problem because there, nobody wanted it. Didn't like it. Um, like I said, people often assume that after the first one, it's easy. That you can do whatever, but yeah. But she spent six years writing the second novel, never published. Wrote another one after that, still wouldn't get published. Oh, Wrote a third one after the first, still didn't get published. Then decided to write a for-hire book, which means that sometimes companies or publishers will come up with their own... Like, outline and just hire someone to fill in yeah. kind of the paragraph story part, but you don't really have any rights or say over the plot line or yeah. even really character development. So, she re- worked for hire, wrote a for hire book about teens that turned into cats. <laughs> Terrible sales. <gasps> yeah. Terrible. I kind, of, I kind of want
0: to read that. I know,
1: right? Yeah. Terrible sales. Um, so in the meantime, she had a very supportive husband who, who actually encouraged her while she was failing to give up her job and just write full time. Like maybe the problem is you're just not devoting enough time to it. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. So this is part of the reason I picked this because this is a little spoiler alert. Remember when I talked about the noble hustle, Colson Whiteheads thing? This was his coach. (gasps) Helen Ellis was his coach. No. The gal in the cardigan who no one saw coming because she took a detour on the poker tournament when her writing wasn't getting published. Oh my God. Yeah. And she actually won part of the World Series of Poker. But yeah, she's so the she's featured in Colson Whitehead's book as the coach. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yes. So in the meantime, she did that. She was having this great time. She had a standing poker game with friends, and she was kind of like a, a socialite a little bit, not not in in the traditional way, but she was a big patron of the arts. Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with the publication one's story, yes. she's a big um her she's really good friends with the editor. Oh, wow. and so she did a lot of fundraising for. Them that in the meantime so on a whim one day she started a twitter called uh what i do all day um and inspired by this is her first tweet was inspired by beyonce i stallion walk to the toaster (laughs) okay so when she did that she was retweeted like a bunch a bunch of times and got a bunch of followers and so she continued with these kind of humorous tweets and eventually that tweet became the opening line of what would be her new book american housewife so this book is it's a collection of short stories like i said but it's also there's a lot of different formats like one's um a set of rules for a book club like what you can and can't do in a book club one is a set of rules of how to become a patron for the arts one is an expose of a rigged reality TV show. Um, my favorite is a short story about an author, struggling author, hmm. who takes a sponsorship deal from a company. They're going to sponsor her book. And then she realizes how high the price is. I won't give away the ending, but it is phenomenal. Oh, it's hilarious, gosh. dark, twisty. It's amazing. Um Another one of my faves is a set of emails. The story is a set of emails between two women that live in a co op building <laughs> and they're arguing about the shared space between their two oh, front doors. Yes. And it's passive aggressive at its finest. Oh, God, yeah. So it's hilarious. It's interesting. um You really, some of the funny parts stay with you. It's really, there's a commentary on a lot of different aspects of womanhood, you know, um, motherhood, um, having a career, maybe deciding not to have a career and staying home, being a writer, yeah. um, being a wife, all, all kinds kinds Of different things that she covers in there, and there it's all great, and she has such a great sense of humor, um, that you're drawn in by that. But then, like a lot of great humorists, she does you know, she can put a little point in there too. So, and how great that she had this first novel in 1998, and then you know, That's she incredible. follows it up, yeah. yeah, and she's just cool because she was in the Noble Hustle. So, <laughs> come on, World I mean, Series of Poker
0: Lady, yeah, you know, not many people after they've experienced rejection do a hard pivot. And go towards poker. Poker. Yeah. I got to respect the hell out of that. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I loved it. It was a fantastic book. Wow.
0: What a great story. And you know, you're right. I've heard that happen more often than not, including some of our friends have had that experience Mm -hmm. of maybe a first book is published and then it becomes increasingly harder to publish after that, which you would think like, oh, you are you got it made after that. But no. right? Yeah. Yeah. You
1: would think it would be an easy path or you've proven yourself so they'd be willing to, you know be more accepting of the second Uh but that's not always the case and
0: sometimes it is based on money on sales figures of that Mm -hmm. first book or or something Mm yeah or
1: where the market's trending like we said there's unfortunately there's a lot of decisions based on what's popular at that time and not necessarily about what's good writing or what's a good story so i can't
0: believe teens turned into cats wasn't a huge hit
1: well it was a four higher book so i'm wondering if her hands
0: were tied on some Uh levels yeah yeah Mm-hmm. but that idea still I mean, yeah I may steal that idea right and just or have podcat turn into a teen oh. opposite oh. her spirit into a teenage girl
1: are you ready to be the mom of a
0: teenage girl <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just spitballing ideas okay. i don't want okay. this to okay happen. oh you know okay Lord. all right i no. was just i was a little
1: concerned no. for, you for a minute because i was like i feel like that could get talk about rejection oh, i feel like be i'm gonna be getting a lot of calls her <laughs> podcast stormed out and amy's calling me like you're never gonna believe what she said
0: <laughs> oh that's true because right now she just meows at me and i don't mm. know what she's saying yeah if it came out in english and i actually heard all the terrible things she's saying to me yeah I don't think I could handle that mm-hmm. rejection.
1: Also, I think that I would have to do something because now it would actually be like verbal threats on my life. I'm not yes. sure I can ignore those as much as I can. You're like right. And meow.
0: And she would actually tell you she wants to get you. No, into like the I am to trying to yeah, kill I'm you. Trying to yeah. get you no, down that's here. What's yeah. happening? Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, careful when you start your car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I don't want that to
1: happen. But hey, it can make an interesting it would, story. It would be a great reality TV show. Oh God, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I didn't have kids for a reason, so this was all just a thought exercise that I don't want to follow up on. So I'd probably watch it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean wait, if Podcat is put into a teenage body, can I just go send her to live with you? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean you mm-hmm. have a lot of kids at home, it'll so. be fine. She'll yeah. blend right in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mason it can be difficult, so God, Good Mason luck. and her I bet they would see a kinship though. <sighs> and they yeah, they be Then the tagline of the
1: show could be on nuggets. <laughs> Nuggets. Oh, nuggets. <laughs> Which, if you have really want to experience real rejection, get
0: a five year old in yeah, your house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: You should. Yeah. Definitely. Well,
0: I, I've seen just a glimpse of that with my nephews who are 11 and 7. And when they stay with me, they use every opportunity to be like, Aunt Amy, you're old. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I, I realize that, but hearing it from your mouth makes it a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Frequently, he'll bust into the bathroom when I'm taking a shower and just laugh and go, ha, 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 your butt. (laughs) That's No, that's not funny. So where's your father? Because why are you running amok?
0: (laughs) Uh Ha, 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 your butt. Mm
1: -hmm. And then just
0: leave because nothing feels better than that. God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got to have a real Mm -hmm. confidence in yourself to do that. He
1: willingly is very lovey to me, but I think Mike's like, so affectionate with mason that he's like trying to rebel against it now so mike will frequently like ask for a hug or you know be like come here give me a lovey buddy and he's like i don't have time for it that's what he'll say (laughs) (laughs) and he's five so good luck to us (laughs) i don't have time for that right now i don't have time for it yeah wow
0: i mean he's a busy kid
1: he has so many things going on in that mega mind.
0: Wow. Oh. Well, speaking of precocious kids, maybe. Yes. Um, so pop culture wise, um, mm-hmm. I don't know what direction you took, but I went movie. Okay. And I, I do want to say that there are a few movies that I watched so much as a kid that I nearly have them memorized. Like, <laughs> like the, even the sounds, the music, the mm-hmm. font on the opening credits, oh, so like I can wow. see that and be okay. like, oh, I, I know what movie this is. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's either sad or glorious. And I'm going to say it's glorious. It's glorious. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: don't let anyone shame me for that. Thank That's you. amazing. Yes. That's a One of those movies. That, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a few movies, but one okay. of them is Back to the Future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably not introducing this movie to you because it is a 1980s classic and an all-time classic, but the initial script was rejected 40 times. And here's why. Just like with books, the feedback was all over the place. One production company said, time travel doesn't make money. Huh. That has proved wrong on many occasions. I wonder if that person got fired. <laughs> Don't you wish you could travel back in time now? <laughs> <laughs> One production company said there wasn't enough sex. Oh. One, Disney, said there was too much potential sex. And that may be valid because one of the plot points is, of course, Marty McFly going back in time and his mom getting the hots for him and sort of like going at him hard. So there's that potential incest. But it's played for laughs. It's funny. It's great. Yeah. But Disney didn't like that.
1: Oh. Too much potential sex. Too much
0: potential sex, which isn't that
1: true of just anywhere? Like if I (laughs) watch. If so I walked into Panera right now, isn't there too much potential sex? I mean, there's sex just doing everywhere. Well, there's people everywhere you go. Like that. I mean, state fair? Too much potential sex.
0: You know there's a lot of potential yeah. sex at the state fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. High
1: day at village? Inn, too much potential sex.
0: That should be our go to like rejection yeah. for everything. Ooh. Too much potential I, sex. We would come, but yeah. too much. Too much. <laughs> no. Ooh, we can use that to get out of events. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, sorry, I can't go to that work function. Too much potential this sex. Sucks. Yeah. We should start a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> too much potential sex. And then say blessed right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to the future. I remember seeing this in the theater when I think I was like eight or nine and was just immediately in love, have always been in love since. Watched it on VHS many, 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 many times. Um, There's the, you know, there's Michael J. Fox. He's got his parents um, that are just run down by life in 1985. He has a wacky doctor friend who's experimenting in time travel with a DeLorean. Marty goes back in time, accidentally, to 1955, fending off terrorists, as one does. Um, he accidentally inserts himself in his parents' meeting and falling in love. His mom gets the hots for him. And, you know, that's that's it. So we've got George McFly's laugh, which makes me laugh every time. We've got Lauren, Lorraine calling her son Calvin Klein and trying to make out with him. We've got Doc Brown's hair. We've got Mar- uh, Marty's 1980s hairband rendition of Johnny B. Good. At the 1955 prom. And also Huey Lewis. Not just his music, which is there. Uh And this came on the radio the other day, The Power of Love. I was killing it. Huey Lewis. singing that out. I do really like Huey Lewis. Yes. He's in this movie. He's one of the talent show judges, and he tells Marty he's just too darn loud. And every time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis. Huey Way Lewis. I want a new drug, Huey Lewis. Yeah. So this movie has everything, and if you want, I'll just recite it to you. It's fine.
1: Okay. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Pause the podcast real quick, and I'm going to listen to Amy's one-man That'll be- <laughs> stage play a Back to the Future.
0: That'll be a bonus material, like a two-hour, oh, good. two-hour just recitation, a monologue, if yeah. you will, on Back to the Future.
1: And then we'll play. Then the other bonus material will be Amy's reaction to the zero
0: listens to the two hours. Like, who are
1: you people? Come on, get on board. <laughs> well, I went um, a little bit different direction, you and did? I did. Um, mine is a TV show, but I, I want to preface this before I even get into it that this is weird, and uh, I have a very certain sense of humor. If you like your humor to kind of push the boundaries, sometimes the show, you'll like it. If you don't, or you're easily offended, or even if you're mildly offended by things, this might not be your jam, but Mm -hmm. it's great. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. my pop culture reference this week is a show called Robot Chicken. And this is a stop animation (laughs) sketch show. Yes. That premiered in February of 2005, and it was uh, created and um, written and made by Seth Green and Matthew Sinrich, who um, it first appeared as Sweet J Presents on a website called ScreenBlast.com in 2001. Um Essentially, the idea of the show is it mocks pulp culture. It has references to everything, but the idea is that it's stop animation with like old toy figures. So they'll use like Barbies or Stretch Armstrong or G.I. Joe's, or they'll make the figure out of Claymation. But it's all objects. That's what stop animation is. And they're put in the most hilarious situations you could ever think of. And if you grew up in that era where these Oof. toys are popular, it yes. is gold. So, uh, first though, this show was rejected by Comedy Central. Mad TV, Saturday Night Live... Because they tried to get it just as like mm-hmm. a little short on there, and even Cartoon Network, but mm. Cartoon Network passed it off to Adult Swim, and that's who ended up picking it up. So generally, they're about fifteen minute episodes. Um, they did do a thirty minute episode in two thousand seven that was all Star
0: Wars. Yes, and I remember all the news about that.
1: Yeah, like, yeah I yeah, mean yeah. they had the um, they get a lot of stars to help them to do the voices, but they actually got George Lucas and Mark Hamill to help them with that one. <laughs> um, they were nominated in two thousand eight for an Emmy for best animated program um like i said they have a ton of guest stars that do the voiceovers there's so many fantastic sketches it's been on it's like uh i think season 10 is the last season um (laughs) some of my favorites um the barbie sketches fantastic (laughs) uh they also have done a whole series with mcdonald's characters which one of my favorites is mayor mccheese who is running for (laughs) re-election as a politician but the Hamburglar is his campaign manager.
0: <laughs> is Grimace in that one? I don't think so. Oh, okay. No.
1: Um, there's another one where they have the McDonald's characters in a lay Mis redo, and they rewrote the songs, okay? Oh. And Ronald McDonald is the judge who gives the Hamburglar his name for stealing Big Macs, just like the number that Jean Valjean gets. <laughs> Complete with music. It's amazing. So, first of all, you have got to appreciate the writing and talent, because yes. the- just where someone comes up with this, incredible. Like I said, some of them really push boundaries. Others, you know, are just hilarious, no matter what your humor is. But just know that going in. Um, I love all of it. So I laugh hysterically every time I watch that show. Amazing. It is. It's terrific.
0: And maybe it's inspired other things. Like we've talked about Booksmart and there's this yes. scenario in Booksmart where there's two Barbies and they're embodying those Barbies. And yes. Things happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. It, really, if you played with toys when you were a kid okay i mean there's it's just so great there's one where um i think it's stretch armstrong does a psa for prostate cancer (laughs) like he's older you know or and i mean there's just so many great they put him in such great situations because you think about it as an adult and these characters and yeah it's terrific that's amazing Mm -hmm.
0: i like seth green he's Mm -hmm. been in a lot of great stuff yeah Yeah. he does a lot of
1: great stuff and so many, the ones that I love about Barbie's often involve Ken, and there's just so many obvious jokes you can take. <laughs> and <laughs> he does, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's That's great, her. yeah, it's great. Whew. So I'm so glad that it found a home, yes, and that it continues to.
0: I'm so find glad a home. that all of these picks yes. that we talked about yes. found a home, mm-hmm. they persisted despite they everyone saying no, yeah. They said, Guess what? It's not me, it's you. I'm gonna keep going, yeah, yeah exactly so that's it for our episode it is but we will be back next Wednesday and in the meantime you can head to our website broadsonbooks.com to check out all the recommendations we made in this episode and also at the website you will find some amazing bonus material
1: it's so good we've got quizzes we've got gift guides Mm -hmm. we've got road trip stuff Mm -hmm. we've got the best of our first 25 episodes it's Mm. amazing so good treasure trove
0: of delight Little nuggets of delight. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> Golden nuggets.
0: <laughs> and you know, after you've gone to our website, after you've listened to this episode, you've seen or you've listened to all our bonus material, you're like, God, these broads are amazing. We would love it if you could let us know that. Either if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can give us a rating and review right there. If you listen in other players, we've learned it's just not, it's not working so great. Send us an email. Yeah. Send, get in touch with us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We will highlight you. Yes. We will tell the world that you love us and we love you. Exactly. No rejection there.
1: No, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. This mm-hmm. is a great antidote to this whole episode yes. about rejection. The other thing that you can do through those mediums is give us a theme idea. Oh, yes. This one is about rejection. We've done a ton of listener suggestions and they are fantastic. We love them. If it's a full idea, if it's a half idea, mm-hmm. if it's a genre, send it. We'll do something
0: with it. God, we'll make it amazing. We don't barter in rejection. <laughs> It's like where are I wasn't you going? sure what word I wanted to use,
1: and then I landed on barter for some reason.
0: So, I think in most of our episodes we end up using words we never do in real life. Never bring it out though. I think about time I used barter
1: in my real life. <laughs> huh. Oh well, there
0: it is. So, like we said, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or website too. Uh, we're not hiding, and we want to hear from you.
1: And in the meantime, happy reading.
0: up again same night another dream before trying this recording thing I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams I didn't remember much of from any of the women and one night of doing this and it's broken things open the dreams are they're in me and they're they're coming out of me and to me I am not, not broken. broken I'm the most whole most real. all nine episodes are available January tenth. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.